Hey everyone, welcome to episode 94, Why You're Not Losing Weight. Meet our mom, Kelly Hutchison. She is a life coach. She is a child counselor. She is a teacher. She's a parent coach. And she's a mom to us. She will teach you to stop yelling at your kids. She will teach you to get your kids to lesson. She will teach you how to never sleep with mommy guilt again. She will teach you how to be an imperfect mom. So you can help your kids be imperfect too. And have harmony in the home. Hey everyone, I know this is gonna be a hot topic for many people. And before I start, I wanna read two reviews that came in that completely filled up my love cup. This one comes from Murdu54627. He or she says, sometimes it's really hard to help our kids. It's really kind of stressful. Now I can be a better parent because of your podcast. Yes, and just change it to our podcast because this podcast would be nothing without all of you sharing it, listening. That'd be really weird if I was just sitting in the closet talking to myself and also applying it. So then you can be at playdates and people will say, I've noticed you feel a little lighter and fluffier with your kids. What's going on? You're like, oh, I'm implementing these strategies. So we're doing this together. And I'm always asking you on Facebook and Instagram for your feedback and your suggestions and your traits and your adjectives and your experiences. And then I just use them on the podcast. So it's really our podcast. I can't say that enough. So I love this one from Rebecca Green, who has her own podcast called Whiny Palooza, which I was on two times as a guest. She says, Kelly, I just love you. First, I had the pleasure of getting to have you on my podcast twice and to gain your wisdom and help share it with the world. Second, I just love listening to your podcast. You are helping me so much with motherhood. I love being a mom and I also don't think it's easy. Thank you for all the encouragement and pointers to help me be a better me. I love that I have found you. Keep being you. Thank you. What is going on? Like I read those and I literally start blushing because literally this would be nothing without you. I know I say that all the time, but it's really the fact. And parenting is not supposed to be easy. Life is not supposed to be easy. It's 50-50. So when we are starting something new, it's always gonna be hard until it's not anymore. And then it becomes easy. Think about when you first change your child's diaper. I was like, this is impossible. And then I was like doing it on my lap at a restaurant. I'm like, this is amazing. So with practice, practice makes permanent. We don't like to say the P word that rhymes with smurfect in this house. So practice makes permanent. I learned that from my principal, Angela Latiri at Big Cypress. Go Bobcats. I think we were the Bobcats. That was my high school too at Boca High. Was I the Bobcats again? I think I was. Wow, that's pretty cool. So I wanna to talk to you about something that's super sensitive to a lot of people, just like all things are, because talking about parenting, talk about your marriage, talk about getting your house organized or your relationship with money or your relationship with your body, it's all very touchy Tina. So I like to have that disclaimer to know that anything that you hear, I want you to take, put it in your heart, make it your own, and then add it into your life, like a little salt and pepper into your life. In 2013, I started really getting back in shape because I felt like I lost my mojo. I felt like I was sleepwalking through life. I felt like I had no flair for life. I was just kind of like, huh. I just felt very stuck. 
at the time, our house, we were in the moldy house. So it was a really stressful time for our family. And I remember just having the epiphany like, okay, I can't control a lot of things that are happening to us, like the moldy house, being homeless because of the mold, David not liking his job at the time. He loves his job now. But at the time he was not happy. And I wasn't happy because I just felt so fluffy. I felt so out of shape. And the athlete in me was just, she just disappeared. It was like, I was just a shell of a person. And I was just sleepwalking through life like, okay, I guess we're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to do this. And I just said, you know what? I can't control what's happening outside of us, but I can control how I move my body, what I put in my body, and how I treat my body. That's one thing I can control when everything else felt out of control. And then my mom was in the hospital with a 15-pound tumor that we thought was the C word. Praise God, it was not. But it was a really scary time. And I was in the middle of a really, really intense time. And I just said, you know what? I just feel like this ship is just sinking and I need to do something to control the controllable because everything else felt out of control. And I felt the grit and I felt the excitement of my life and I felt the passion come back slowly but surely. I felt the inner athlete come out. I felt like my inner child was being excited again and I just felt more zest for life. So I started helping people to lose weight. And a lot of people don't know that because that's how I started off in this journey. Starting off, I got in shape and then people noticed it like, what are you doing? Something's different about you. And Jackie Dodd said to me at a birthday party, she said, Kelly, whatever you're doing, you look divine and I want to do what you're doing. And then I helped Jackie Dodd and then Jackie Dodd helped her daughter and her daughter had diabetes and her levels had never been more stable. And then she helped her husband. And it was like this ripple effect. And I was like addicted to helping people feel comfortable in their own skin. When someone said that to me at the first time, I was like, wait, we're supposed to feel comfortable in our skin? That doesn't make any sense. P.S. Before all of this, when the moldy house and all that was happening, I was using food as my buffer to manage the stress because I didn't have any stress management techniques. I was just like going through the motions. And this is kind of embarrassing and you probably won't believe it, but it is true. And you can ask anybody in my family or my greedy goody grandpappy. And I was going to McDonald's two or three times a day through the drive-thru. And I would alternate different McDonald's because I didn't want the same worker to see me. I was going so close. They were on the same shift. So I would go one near Lily's preschool. Then I would go near our house. So I was alternating because I had so much guilt and shame, but I was so addicted to sugar. I can't even describe the addiction to sugar that I had. And then I saw the movie Fed Up by Katie Couric. And it made me understand like with my addictive personality, I was so addicted to sugar that it's nine times more addictive than cocaine. Well, no wonder this person who's like addicted to peanut butter was addicted to sugar. So it was almost like the car was driving me. I was so fluffy. I was so out of shape. I was eating junk. I was hiding it from Lily, who was, you know, four at the time. And she was like, why are we always going to McDonald's? So before I picked her up, I'd get a run in. And then after I picked her up, we'd always go to McDonald's. And then they would always ask to get things. And I'd say, nope, you're too young, but you can have a Gogurt or you can have some orange slices. And they're like, how come you always get to order everything? And I'm like, well, I'm bigger. I just justified it. And I would get a hot caramel sundae with extra nuts. I would get a small French fry with no salt and I would get a large Diet Coke. The reason why I can say that order so fast is because I said it over and over and over. And this went on for years. This was the way I managed stress. And I would get no salt because I had salt packets in the glove compartment because when you say no salt, McDonald's tip check. When you say no salt, guess what happens? They give you a fresh batch of French fries. Yes, it's fresh. So they're always hot. So it's guaranteed. But I would have salt packets in my glove compartment and I would douse two of those in, shake up the bag and just love my life. I was like, this is heaven. And I was able to numb out and kind of forget about all the stress that we were dealing with. And then of course, it was like a vicious cycle because I couldn't stop going because I was so addicted to sugar. And just thinking of like that straw and the Diet Coke and everything like that, it was just so intoxicating. And I remember having an epiphany like, I have to change this, but I don't really care about changing this. So it's not that big of a deal. And then I remember 
Lily were at the window and she says, next window, please. And she said it right at the same time as the McDonald's employee did because we had been there so much. She knew the cadence and she knew the back and forth between myself and the McDonald's employee. So that wasn't even enough to wake me up, but it was kind of like, huh, it was kind of like the little pebble, like, you might want to change this. I'm like, well, how am I supposed to change this? I felt so helpless. I felt like such a victim to sugar. I felt like such a, I had no mind management. I didn't know about mind management. I was literally like a robot going through life and it was like my car drove me there. So then when I started to get healthy, I was like, this is amazing. I figured out how to break up with sugar. I was so focused on the A-line and it felt so amazing, the A-line of the model, that I started sharing it with other people. And so I've spent my life since 2013, paying it forward, helping people. I run groups every single month of helping people lose weight, tone up, break up with sugar, have more energy, whatever their goal is, because I really don't care how much you weigh. What I care about is that you're comfortable in your own skin, that you have a healthy relationship with your body, that you have a healthy relationship with food. And the reason why I care so much about that is because it is so much freedom in your life and it clears out so much mind drama that's going on in your mind every single stinking honking day. It was for me and freeing myself of that, I literally felt like I could do cartwheels down the street. I actually did cartwheels in publics to show people like this is true freedom. And I had more energy for the kids. I had more energy with David. I had more energy to be with myself. I wasn't so disgusted with myself that I had to run away from myself. And so I don't talk about it a lot because I never want people to think that I think they should be a certain weight or they shouldn't eat this or they shouldn't eat that but I'm just so passionate about it. And because we talk so much about parenting in this podcast, I love talking about parenting, but I think when the mom is comfortable in her own skin and the dad is comfortable in his own skin, there's a certain level of peace that comes with that. And then you can kind of see what else is going on, what else comes up front. Because once I started getting healthy, it was such a feeling of empowerment. So I run groups every single month. And if you wanna join any group, you just email me and you say, accountability, I'm in. Whatever you need to say, if you need accountability, we will focus on the A-line of the model. I will tell you what to eat. I'll tell you how to move. I'll tell you what to drink. I'll tell you all the things. And it would actually help sponsor the show because it helps keep the lights on. It helps pay for Michael, who edits our podcast. It is literally the greatest game changer in your life, if you want it to. The problem is I've been doing this since 2013. I run groups every single month, just like the parenting bootcamp. I run groups every single month for weight loss, for toning up, for getting healthy. And I have noticed and I have studied and I follow and see why do some people get results and why do some people not? Because the program is the same. The program's the same for everybody. Different ages, different stages, different genders. So why do some people get results when the A-line is exactly the same? Do this, do that, and do this. Why do some people get results and some people don't? I always say the program works if you work the program. The problem is it's this all or nothing thinking that if I mess up and I will just throw the baby out with the bathwater, if I skip a workout or if I go on vacation or I have a margarita, then it's just give up altogether. It's this all or nothing black and white thinking that gets in the way. It's when you put it in the model, like I have dialed in the A-line of the model of how to lose weight. Like I literally have the Willy Wonka golden ticket and I'm spending my life sharing it with other people and I'm running around wild. Like I won the winning lottery ticket. I'm running with Ed McMahon and we're running through having a sweepstakes celebration. I'm that excited. And I share it that passionately. So the A-line is dialed in. So why 
do some people get results, like crazy results, like losing 100 pounds, losing 10 pounds, having more fun in their marriage, having more fun with their kids, having more fun in life, being with themselves, comfortable in their own skin again. Why is it some people do and some people don't? I have studied this for eight years, eight times 12 months. I've been running groups every single stinking honking month and I love it. It gives me so much joy. It gives me so much happiness. It gives me passion. It gives me purpose. It's all the things. So eight years times 12 groups a year, that's 96 groups and then some, because sometimes I run two or three a month because there's so many people that want to do it. So I've had a courtside view of what goes on. And here's what happens. People come to me very, very desperate for change. They are so excited. It's like when you get your trapper keeper on the first day of school, if you had trapper keepers. If you haven't, then that means I'm really old. So trapper keepers are like the new set of folders you get. And it had all your folders for all your six classes in middle school or high school. I think I was carrying them in high school, was I? I need to ask Allison. She knows everything about my past. She'll tell me stories and I'll be like, that's hilarious. Who were you with when that happened? She's like, you. I'm like, what? I remember nothing. She is like a savant. She remembers everything. She's like, you wore those shoes and you wore that outfit and you had those socks and they didn't mismatch. And I'm like, what? Oh my goodness. Her memory is incredible. So I need to ask her if I had a trapper keeper in high school. She will know. So they will come to me so excited, so ready. They can't do another. They saw a picture. They stepped on the scale. They have a wedding coming up. They have a cruise. Their pants were just too tight. It's like that line in the sand, like enough is enough. I won't go another day feeling this sluggish, feeling this out of shape. That's kind of how I was. I was like, I can't do this anymore. This is too much stress for me. Number one, our family, I felt it was like falling apart. And then my body was just a fluff ball and I had no zip in my step. I had no pep in my step. This energy that you're listening to right now was not there. It was kind of like, wah, 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 wah. I felt like I was going on a treadmill and it was just like, same day, different stuff, different stuff, same day. Like this is monotonous and this is boring and this is stressful. And I had no outlet, no, no way to move all that cortisol that was going on. When Lily said, next window, please, it was like, that was the moment. And then I was like, wait a minute. And then my coach was reaching out to me saying, are you ready? Are you ready? And I'm like, I don't think I'm ready. And then she reached out to me one more time. I'm like, I could not be more ready. And to say I went in head first is an understatement because I don't know how to do things halfway. I'm either all in or I'm all out. So when people come to me, they are so excited, so ready, so determined. That moment happened to them. That line in the sand, that fluffiness, that picture, that pulling on their shirt, that getting in and out of the car, whatever it is, they had that moment and they are ready. So then they work so hard. The trapper keeper is ready. The Velcro is super strong. And then they're determined. They're making changes. They're pressing play. They're running. They're biking in. Whatever it is, I don't care if you jump on a pogo stick. I just want you to spice it up. And so then they're just having a little success. And then when they have success, guess what happens? Fear starts to set in. <gasps> I'm having success. Oh no. Oh no. What if my husband sees me in a way he hasn't? What if someone flirts with me at work? Oh no. I've been hiding. Now I'm feeling vulnerable. I'm feeling scared. It's probably just water weight, Kelly. I know I lost 20 pounds, Kelly, but I'm sure it's just water weight. I'm like, are you crazy? That's what the brain does because the brain's like, this is not fun. Remember, the brain likes to seek pleasure, avoid pain, and be efficient. But the pain threshold got so high that that's why they reached out to me because they're like, nothing is harder than what I'm feeling right now. So then they start to get results. 
And yes, fear of failure is huge with weight loss, but fear of success is just as strong. And I see people and they just pull away and they pull away. And then their friends start cheering on them and they start cheering them on. Their kids will start noticing and like, whoa, this is too much attention. I liked hiding. This is too scary. The brain is like, this is different. This is scary. I don't like this comfort zone stuff. I want to go back in the cave. I want to go back in the comfort zone. And so then there's this like, well, I just got to keep going. I'll be happy when I lose 30 pounds because I know I've lost 20, but I'll be happy when I lose 30. And so then maybe they're trying to lose 30 and then 20 pounds comes and they're just so excited. And then all of a sudden it's like, it stays at 20 for a couple of weeks or maybe a couple of days, whatever it is. And then they're like, wait a minute, what if this isn't working? You know what? I don't know. The results aren't coming as fast. And so then they start to slow their roll. That's when you need to put your gas on the pedal, but that's when people pull over. This is when it's like, oh, this is too much. My dog had to go to the vet. I missed my workout. I just can't. It's just too much stress. I'm just going to take a week. I just got to take a step back. This is just too much. And then they think that they're hitting a wall. Then the weight isn't coming off. They're using the scale as the holy grail instead of how they're feeling. All the non-scale victories, that they have more energy, they're having more fun with their spouse, they're having more energy for their kids, they feel comfortable in their own skin, they feel inner pride. All those non-scale victories are happening. And then the scale, they're a slave to the scale. I know because I've lived this life. And then they start to lose motivation. They think that motivation comes from the program or comes from me or comes from the workout or comes from the whatever they're eating. And then they start to quote unquote, slip up because they see it as good or bad. They think food is good. Food is bad. It's black and white. I have to go all or nothing. I have to do this A plus. I will not get a B minus or a C. And then they say, I fell off the wagon. I'm like, there is no wagon. I promise. There's no cart. There's no wagon. There's none of it. And they start to feel depressed and they start to feel sad. They start to beat themselves up. And then the brain just goes the old patterns. See, I knew you weren't going to do it. Let's just go back into the cave. The food is so much better. We don't want to feel our feelings. That Kelly girl, she's crazy. Who wants to feel their feelings when you can eat a Twinkie and stuff the feelings or go to McDonald's and get a hot caramel sundae with extra nuts, small French fry, no salt, and large Diet Coke? That Kelly's crazy. Then self-doubt kicks in. And then you're literally beating yourself up for something that doesn't even happen. You're not going to have success anyway. Remember that last time we tried and we got hurt? We don't want to get hurt again. It's like going into another relationship after you've been cheated on. It's like, no, I'm, I'm not, no. And then sometimes they gain even more weight back. And then it's rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. I've seen it so many times that I could almost set my watch by it for the people that are on that crazy cycle. And then the people that are on the energy cycle, the difference is when you put the model, let's say you weigh 180 and your goal is 150, okay? So the model, you put C as a circumstance as 180. That's completely neutral. There's nothing wrong with 180 because a male or female weighing 180, completely different. Someone who's 200 are begging to weigh 180. Someone who's 180 who wants to weigh 150 thinks bad thoughts about 180. I want you to use the model and put your number of how much you weigh or size of clothes you're wearing. I like to use size of clothes as a way to measure versus the scale because people become slaves to the scale. And then they think that their scale defines their worthiness and their value. And I want to shake them by the shoulders, but sometimes they live in the UK and I can't, or they live far away and I can't shake them that far away. I'm like, the scale literally defines the gravity that you are between you and earth. That is what a scale is. So let's look at non-scale victories. Let's look at how you're modeling for your kids. Lily's not saying next window, please, anymore. Let's look at how much more energy you have. Let's look at inner pride. The inner pride and keeping the promise to yourself is what develops confidence. So let's just use this for argument's sake. Let's say 180 is in the C line. So the reason why people get results and some people don't, remember the A line is the same for everybody. If you're in the UK, Canada, France, or United States, you can do this too. I will help you out with the A-line. I promise. It will help you. It will help the show. It will help all the things. 
You will feel like you've never felt before. And if you're addicted to sugar, this is how you're gonna get off sugar. It's like a drug. I'm like the rehab. I'm the rehab counselor. I'm like, let's go, let's do this. So what happens is 180 is in the C line. And then the thought is, I can't weigh like this anymore. I have a wedding coming up. Whatever it is, let's just say, I won't feel this way anymore. So then the action is very determined. It's that trapper keeper energy. It's like, let's go, let's do this, Kelly, whatever it is, I can't wait. Whatever you have in store for me, I'm gonna do it all out. I promise this time's gonna be different. You tell your brain, the brain's on board even. The brain's like, yeah, that's not really comfortable feeling that way. And then the A-line, we just go all in on the A-line. I tell you all the things. It's customized, it's all like literally plug and play. It's literally color by number. It's literally life-changing, the A-line. And then the result is you start to have results. So what happens is, let's say it gets around 160, let's put that in the C-line. Or let's even put 175. It's been three weeks and you've lost five pounds. You're like, what is going on, Kelly? You said this was gonna be easy. I'm like, no, 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 no. I never said it was gonna be easy. I said, we're gonna focus on the T-line. The T-line is where the magic happens. Because the A-line, I got dialed in. I mean, I got stories after stories. I got before and afters. I got my before and afters. I got the A-line dialed in. Like, it is signed, sealed, and delivered. So what I help people with is the T-line of the model. Because when you get that T-line lined up, it's game over. So what the brain does is it goes to the past to seek evidence that this is gonna work because fear of failure is a big thing. I only wanna do it if I can succeed. So if I can't succeed, I'm gonna fail on purpose ahead of time and not even try because we're just conditioned to get the A+. So we keep repeating the old patterns because we're looking at our past for evidence versus looking at our future for evidence. This is where the game changer is because your brain will say things like, I'm trying to lose weight. Instead of saying that, you say, I will lose weight. See how that's more empowering? Your brain might say, well, we failed in the past and we don't want to fail again. No, 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 no. And then you could say something like, I've failed before, but that's okay because this time is different. Do you see how that fuels a different energy? So the C is, let's say 175. The goal is 150, let's just say. Then the thought is, I've failed in the past and don't want to fail again. So then you're going at it with this like halfway energy. If you've ever played soccer, like the goalie, when there's a one-on-one with the goalie, if the goalie doesn't come all out and kind of like, I don't know, should I stay? Should I go? I don't know. Then the goal will probably happen. But if the goalie comes out and is like, I got this, we're going to do this, then the goal will probably not happen. So the same thing works when you have that empowered, assertive energy with your own life and with your own body and with your own destiny. Like you can live in a body that you're comfortable in. So then you're kind of wincing, you're kind of half in, half out, and then you get halfway results and then it's just like, give up and quit. That's the energy fueling the A-line. That's why people peter out. That's why the trapper keeper, when it gets worn, then they're like, eh, it's not as fresh as it used to be. The excitement wears off. It's kind of like the new car. When you get a new car, you're like, oh my God, this is the best. I'm never going to complain about my car in a while. And then all of a sudden there's gum wrappers in the cracks. Kids are eating French fries or they were eating French fries. So saying though something along the lines of, I failed before and that's okay because this time is different. What energy do you think is gonna fuel that? That's gonna be determination, confidence, motivation. That's where motivation comes from. It does not come from Kelly. It does not come from the workout. It does not come from the program. It comes from internally, from the thoughts that we're telling ourselves. We fuel our own bodies with our emotions based on what we're thinking. Now, when you have the junk thoughts come in, you can still allow them. You just can live at the same time. Like, oh, I see you, brain. I see what you're doing. You're trying to stop me. That's so cute. I love you. And no, we're going to do something different. Instead of saying something like obesity runs in my family, which is very disempowering, an empowering thought could be something like people in my family are overweight, but that doesn't mean I need to be too. Because you've just been conditioned that this is just the way it is. Instead of saying something like I want to lose weight, 
you say something very specific to the brain. I will weigh this amount of pounds or I can't wait to wear this size. Instead of saying something like, I wish I was motivated to work out. For me, what works for me is I never feel motivated to work out, but I tell my brain, don't worry, brain, we're going to feel motivated afterwards. Because when you finish that workout, the endorphins and the serotonin and all those chemicals that are released for free, it becomes a new addiction, a healthy addiction. Think of the thought, the extra weight is protecting me from vulnerability. That's a huge one. That's why I see people get results and then they pull back because they feel vulnerable. They feel exposed. They've been hiding in their own body for so long because they're afraid of being hurt. They're afraid of being rejected. Whatever it is, it's that vulnerable feeling. And I love saying, I love teaching people to say something like, I can't wait to lose this weight to feel all of my vulnerabilities. Ooh, that's scary. That's scary, bro. But that's where results come from, from vulnerability. Instead of saying working out is hard, I love working out is hard and I can do hard things. Or working out is hard, but feeling uncomfortable in my skin is harder. Then the brain's like, yeah, you're kind of right. See, this is all mind hacks. This is all the way to get the brain on board. This is why people don't get results. It has something to do with the A-line, but that is literally like 20% of it. 80% of it is getting your mind on board. Instead of saying something like, I don't want to work out, I love saying, there are people in wheelchairs that are desperate to work out. That is a huge factor for me. When I want to go for my run, my brain's like, no, 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 no. Let's just go for a power walk. Let's just skip around. Let's just ride our bike. Even though I know that the run is going to give me the greatest bang for my buck and where I feel the most endorphins and I feel the most happy afterwards, so I always remind myself that this is a gift. This healthy body that we have is a gift. And then if your body isn't healthy or you are able to work out, it doesn't always have to come from the workout. The way that we feel our body is, I would say, 90% of the game. So working out is just for the endorphins. But you really lose weight in the kitchen. You don't lose weight with the workouts. I used to think it was 50-50. I would say it used to be 80-20, 80% nutrition and 20% the workout. As I get older, I think it's 90% nutrition, 10% exercise. Now. I'm not a scientist. I'm just seeing from my experience. Instead of saying, I don't want to work out or I don't want to eat this, then I say to myself, well, what do I want my kids to do when they have something that they don't want to do? I tell them just to do it. Like Nike literally had it, like just do it. Like the mind drama is so exhausting. I exhaust myself more from my mind drama than I do from the actual workout. Instead of, I wish this was easier, you could say something like along the lines, when I choose the easy path, life always feels harder. When I choose the hard path, then life starts to feel easy. Working out is hard, but feeling uncomfortable in my own skin is so much harder. These are just examples, because remember, we have 60,000 thoughts a day. 80% of them will default to the negative without mind management. So with mind management, you can choose these thoughts. But guess what? You also get to think about your thinking and be aware of the thoughts that are coming up. And then it's kind of like when you're trying on clothes. Like I just got these new clothes from Walmart. They came in the mail. They're so cute. One says choose love. The other one says choose peace. And I just tried them on and they feel so comfortable. So I'm going to keep wearing them. There's other shirts I put on in the, in the closet and they don't feel as comfortable. Like I really like scoop necks or I like V-necks, but sometimes I get like shirts from like if I do a 5K and there's shirts that like come up to my neck and I feel like I'm being strangled. Like, oh my gosh, I need this off my body immediately. The same thing is with our thoughts. It's like trying on clothes. Sometimes they feel comfortable. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they feel a little eh. And so you don't keep wearing them. Just like the thoughts, like I see you brain, I hear you. We're not getting mad at our brain. We're having love and compassion. 95% of the thoughts that you've thought over and over and over are unconscious thoughts. And you're never gonna get a hold of all 60,000, but you wanna see the ones that come up the most. And then you also wanna see what happens when you do step out of your comfort zone. All that scared feeling and all that vulnerability, you lean into it. 
So when you put that in the model, CTFAR, the thought is driving the feeling and the thought that's driving the feeling is one of empowerment, discipline, motivation, inner pride, determination. You get to choose the feeling based on the thought. It has nothing to do with the scale. It has nothing to do with the A-line because like I said, you could jump on a pogo stick and I wouldn't even care. So let me support you if you want support. I'm going to put a link of what the A-line is all about. I'm going to put a link in the show notes, in the email of the A-line, dialed in. If you don't need my support, that's fine. You can do it on your own. Some people don't like a lot of attention. They just like to like slide under the radar. And that's fine too. I am here to help you. I kind of know a lot about this because I've helped so many people and I've helped myself. And it's a journey that I'm always on. It's just like the closet. I don't clean out my closet and then never have to monitor again. You have to maintain the organized closet. And sometimes it gets out of hand and then I just dial it back in. There's no shame. There's no guilt. There's nothing associated with it. It's all accepting the as is of what is versus beating yourself up and beating up your body and being so mean to your body. Our next week, we're going to talk about our relationship with our body and how to improve that too. Send me an email, say I'm all in. Doesn't even matter when you hear this. I run them every month. It doesn't matter if you hear this in 2027. I'm still going to be there to help you and help you with the A-line, but mostly help you with the T-line. I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Hey, mamas, thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks, or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting bootcamp where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com. And if you really want to fill up my love cup, send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, what was that lightning bolt moment while you were listening. I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me, which allows your kids to be imperfect too, each and every day. Thanks for listening.